Great stuff there. That's Lovely Day. By, it's, it's a sunshine mix as well. It's by Bill Withers. And it's not really a lovely day outside. It's quite humid. But anyway, it looks like the sun is shine, shine, trying to break through. I'm Billy Clark sitting in for Nori Mir on this Tuesday, 10th of August. And on the line now, we've got Andrew Dembina, who I believe is joining us from uh, Lama. Hi, Andrew. Greetings from Lama Island, where it's also quite bright, but cloudy. Yeah, we so had similar. Qu- quite a rainy morning, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. And I heard you saying earlier, it's been uh, no escape from the rain recently. But actually, it came a bit later this year, didn't it? I think, um, you know, often we get that earlier on in the summer. So I guess we had a good innings to start off with. Very, very true. It's, it was normally in May. I remember May being the wet month, but now it's shifted to July, August. So All over the place. All over the place. True, true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you- yeah, yeah. Food, food, food and drinks are... Uh, uh, reports on today is Tuesday then. Good to chat through a couple of things with you, Billy. Nice. Um, I, I thought I'd keep things um, kind of topical regarding uh, the Olympics in Tokyo, which just, of course, concluded Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, but to do to do with food and drink, though, um, starting off with our very own Siobhan Jorge, the silver, double silver medalist from the uh, from the swimming sector of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, in an interview that I saw with her while the Games were still on, in Hong Kong Tatler magazine online, the uh, the swimmer confessed to some of her favourite foodstuffs. This was actually just over a week ago because um, I just you know I'm always kind of scouting around for interesting food stories both locally and abroad, mm-hmm. and so um, I earmarked this story yeah to talk about it this week, but it's been removed from the website, which wow. is interesting. I wonder it was it was it was called Fifteen Favourite Things of Siobhan Jorge's and I would imagine that um, maybe uh, maybe they, they either Siobhan's camp or someone uh, might not have been uh, so pleased with that list of 15. It's a shame that it disappeared because they were quite interesting. <laughs> Two favourite food items that I did note though were that, that were included. Cookies? Uh, one, <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good guess. Uh, there, uh, there is something sweet. Um, she, did, she did mention uh, cakes. Mm. So I mean it's not... Highly calorific, but I think someone who's doing many, many hours of training per day, burning up possibly, you know, in excess of a thousand calories a a day in a big training session, Mm. she's allowed to. The the other favourite item was a pretty heftily topped pizza, and it was um, it was a really like a throw everything on the uh, you know sort of go for go for a lot, tick a lot of boxes on what items you want on top. Pepperoni, cheese, um, double cheese. Triple cheese. Yeah, it was. It, it was, and I didn't. And you know, it was ten days ago. And as I say, I bookmarked the, uh, the 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 article, which I can't refer to, so I can't give more specifics than that. All I can say is there were a lot of a lot of elements in that topping. Both, as I say, <laughs> highly calorific. But why not when you're burning that many calories with lots of training? She also mentioned in that same article as with her 15 favorite things. So it wasn't all about things that she ate or drank. Mm. It was also part times, and one of those part times food related. She got really into bread making as so many people did in the last year but interesting to hear that an athlete was getting into baking bread must have been a nice kind of moving that dough around is probably a nice therapeutic um bit of calm in her day it's good for the muscles it's good for the wrists as well i believe 
Need, needing dough. Yeah. It's a good workout. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah, yeah, no, no, actually, you're right. You're right. Maybe, maybe it does sort of have something to do with the way that she can sort of glide through the water with, you know, hands first. <laughs> so that was that was that, that was about our uh, our own Olympic medal winner. Mm. So uh, points of interest. But next, I wanted to mention two Indonesian medal winners were promised some serious food-related goodies mm. on their return home. Yeah, this is according to a Reuters news report last week and it concerns the women's badminton doubles duo and their names are gracia polly mm -hmm. and apriani um rahayu who took gold at the tokyo olympics two mondays ago beating team china in the final for badminton female doubles and after the win there came an outpouring of gifts before they'd even got on the plane home it was mentioned that one of the two, Apriyani, who is from Sulawesi Island, was promised five cows. Pretty good. What? A bit of live, a bit, five a bit of livestock. Five cows. Five live cows. Five heads of cow. Oh, why not? And um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 that's as well as a as well as a house, but that's not edible, so I won't I won't mention that. Whoops, too late. Um, she was also offered, along with her doubles partner, a meatball. Uh, restaurant as part of a chain that's called Basso Achi Abang, <laughs> and they gave they, they they gave them a joint ownership of one meatball restaurant. And I had a look. I thought I must find out what Indonesian meatballs are like. And the menu is a mix mostly of the kind of meatballs or also fish balls that we would find in some Cantonese what used to be street sellers, which are now kind of snack vendors that have open-fronted shops, you know, mm. probably probably seen those, you know, you can get them with curry sauce. Um, and so those 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 meatballs and fish balls are served either uh, on their own as snacks or with fried noodles or noodle soup. Now, meatballs, uh, as with hamburgers and sausages, depending on the quality, they're not always made with the most nutritious of, uh, of, of uh, ingredients. So mm -hmm. I wonder I wonder if this uh, gold-winning badminton duo will introduce some nutritious-minded combinations. It might be a great marketing uh, plug, actually, for this company, to be honest. So uh, well, That could be quite to interesting. Go a different way. Like, I've noticed a lot of fast food restaurants are having more healthy options, more healthy alternatives these days. Literally yeah, all of them. Yeah, sa salads. Salads, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, sure. I, re I remember when uh, when McDonald's came out with um, with salads a while ago, and um, there was a lot of hoo ha. Not only here, because Hong Kong got that option a bit later than in some other places, but mm. uh, it was about the fact that there was some serious, highly calorific dressing that you could have with it. There, there were a few different types of dressing that could be chosen. Ah, uh, yes. Which were which defeated the uh, the calorific uh, option, but still having some fresh uh, vegetables, which can give you some uh, vitamins, is not a bad idea. So, so yeah, let's see. We'll have to see if at, there's. At I don't think the news. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I doubt that the news will come through uh, to us about whether these girls change the menu. So uh, you'll have to the listener and yourself, Billy, will have to Google maybe Indonesian meatballs because the name will be too complicated for everyone to remember in a few months and see if they've made any impact. I think. <laughs> yeah, see if yeah. there's any healthy yeah. alternative to fish balls. I often wonder about siumai and yudan and all that kind of stuff. What the calorie count of those are, uh, pieces of food items well, in Hong Kong are. If, if any listeners know. Let us know. <laughs> 
Yeah, indeed. Well, uh, one, one thing's for sure, though. The uh, there's also a lot of artificial flavorings in uh, in some of those. You know, the, the basically the cheaper they are, the, the more that's going to be the case. There are some that are sold at the uh, at the central ferry pier of uh, the uh, outlying ferry piers, mm-hmm. uh, the pier that I that I get on, and those are really all flour and food coloring and uh, flavor enhancers i think yeah basically but, um, not an ounce of goodness yeah. <laughs> probably probably not like a lot of snack food really but uh, anyway moving on to a completely different topic i was saying to yes. noreen last week towards the end of a few global and local reports that uh, i wanted to recommend a few different podcasts for those who are interested in the audio podcast this is for mm. when you're either on the move or just on a have a break from looking at screens um, to be to do with food and drink, and the ones that I've been listening to for years, and I haven't mentioned them on this program, uh, on this uh, report before. So, mm-hmm. it's uh, the, the, I'll start off with uh, the food program, which is a BBC Radio Four program, and it really is the mother program of all good quality food and drinks podcast. It's so so much is put into it in terms of resources. There's mm. There's a, there, there is an anchor, which is a, 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 the head presenter from its team of three or four presenters. I mean, they're well budgeted up. Yeah, mm. there's, there's a very, it's a charismatic voice. Uh, her name is Sheila Dillon, and Sheila she's Dillon. been, yeah, she's actually been a food journalist in print before turning to radio. So mm-hmm. she's been a food journalist for uh, three decades, and she began to work as an editor and writer. Uh, even though she is British, for a, uh, a New York-based magazine when she was working in America, and that was a, that was more of a kind of industry magazine called Food Monitor, mm-hmm. like a trade pub- publication, Food really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she 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 was um, she was editing uh, that. Uh, she started as a writing there. She became the editor of it. But the Food Program is more of an audio equivalent to a consumer magazine that you uh, a traditional w- w- these days of course that could be a webzine but something that mm-hmm. really does appeal to the every person so even if she came from a trade publication background she moved into more consumer interests accessible reports on uh, interesting food and drink topics and mm. although the bbc yeah and her you know she's based in the uk now but she does actually take some reports occasionally from outside of the uk but most of the time the focus is on the uk but it's not about uk dishes all the time it's about looking at improvements of um of of the types of um ingredients that you can use in cooking and yeah also produce there's some very interesting Mm. uh, thoughts thoughts yeah thoughts on whether it's worth paying the extra for organic those kind of issues Mm. and the recent programs have focused on uh, the chocolate industry, how that's been boutique chocolate making has become a, a, a more interesting prospect, not just in the UK, but for further afield. In fact, mm. there, there, used, there used to be a fantastic, when my, I, have, I have a, one son, and when he was a, uh, a five or six year old, mm-hmm. there was a fantastic little chocolatier in Sheung Wan on Hong Kong Island. Ah. And I can, I, I, there's no point even mentioning the name of it. Uh, I know that we try not to obviously uh, ever mention too many brand names it's on RCHK. It's long but, gone anyway. But it, yeah, it has. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. It has gone. And it was such a shame. You know, it's, of course, 
um, there's there's not much uh, uh, produce that actually comes from Hong Kong itself. So when people are doing things with bakery or mm -hmm. cho or chocolate making, obviously things do come from further afield, and they can't. Some of these ingredients can't come from China or anywhere in Asia. Sometimes, uh, especially when you're talking about cacao beans or even mm. the raw or, or even the raw chocolate pellets, which are made from the cow beans which is what this one guy who was not in the food industry before and it's such a shame it didn't work out it was such a great idea but wow. i suppose it couldn't sustain was, itself it, what it, it gone he yeah. was just doing it for himself really basically sounds like he had a passion uh, actually yeah he came he, i mean he came he came from a finance uh, background but he was wow. just he was but he was just 30 or in his early 30s mm -hmm. and he absolutely he had a passion about learning. He went to Belgium mm -hmm. to learn about about. He did a course in chocolate making, mm. and then he hired he hired people from hotel. Uh, pastry department in Hong Kong. It was a really, it was, it was a bit of a top dollar um, cost for him to set it up, I believe. But and then he imported fine ingredients. But he did charge quite a bit for kids and adults to join these workshops. And uh, there was a really, there was quite a buzz about it. But like mm. a lot of things in the food and drink industry in Hong Kong, the attention span maybe from the consumer then shifts on to the latest opening of something new which might be interesting to yep. experience so short attention that, spans. That's, yeah that's one of the problems in the industry mm. but that was a, that was that was quite a big digression wasn't it from uh, yes. from the fact that the, the, the chocolate industry was mentioned in the <laughs> in the BBC food program uh, which well, is on radio 4 I think that yeah. podcast sounds great because um, the BBC, you know, they, they've always got these niches that they do really well. They have a technology show mm. that they do. They have a, a number of food shows. They have the, the Top Gear, I believe. Not really. I can mention oh, yeah. that name as well. And they, they do their niches really well. And so that mm. podcast sounds very interesting. So our listeners should uh, look out for that and try and download a few episodes if they're into that kind of thing. I, I, I think they should. And also, just another quick thing to mention about it, they do sometimes do an occasional series, which is it's not every every two weeks or every month or something. They do it whenever they're able to get somebody from the celebrity world mm -hmm. to, to do uh, an interview for, that, for a whole one of their weekly programs, which is called My Life Through Food. My and Life Paul Through McCartney, Food. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. There's, a, there's one. Look out for the one on Paul McCartney. It wasn't that recent. It's a couple of years ago, but it's a really nice, chilled out one mm. uh, about 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 him and his ex-wife, how they they experimented with vegan and vegetarian food, mm. and uh, and and memories from his uh, gallivanting around the world of you know great food that <laughs> he's had here and there. So quite interesting to hear about. And another fun one was called Food. James Bond's food, oh, and it was wow. a look at what. Yeah, and it was it was a look at what platters were appearing in the various Bond movies, rather than you know the martinis and the glasses. Mm. Uh, it looked at both 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 in the novels that were written and also in the films, and what were the differences. It's quite it's quite geeky in a way. I mean, it really goes into it in some depth. Yeah, uh, they have. <laughs> Yeah, they have the they have the resources to do so, and it makes it quite fascinating. Hmm. So, okay, that's, that's one. Yeah, that's one recommendation. I think probably got at least time for one more here. Yeah, we got um, about three which, or four minutes to go. Sure. Yeah. Well, so from the UK uh, audio podcast to the USA for a fortnightly part, uh, podcast rather than a weekly one, mm. which is called uh, Gastropod. Yeah, Gastropod. And it looks 
nice. gastropod. So that's uh, yeah, um, G A S T R O P O D, all one word. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks at food um, with kind of one eye on the science behind it. And the other towards history. So again, this is quite nerdy in a way, but it's but it's but it's presented in a highly highly accessible way. They're really charismatic presenters. It's a duo in this case, mm-hmm. rather than the big team of the BBC one. So it's <laughs> Cynthia Cynthia Graeber and Nicola Twilley are the names of these two. Cynthia Graeber. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and Nicola Twilley, and they look at. Um, something that they think might give us a little surprise, uh, a surprising facts that we may not know within history and science behind different cuisines, ingredients, uh, farming, aquaculture, that's fish farming, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they sometimes turn a look at ancient dishes that no longer exist, mm-hmm. or they'll look at the uh, how the evolution of cutlery in different places how it's you know how it, how it became uh, adapted and why there are some subtle differences that we not may not notice in cutlery that's used in different places even though they all look like wow. knife forks and spoons or even chopsticks yeah i mean i don't know if you've noticed they have a, they didn't mention so much on uh, chopsticks but i one, one thing that i noticed uh, anyone who's been to korea mm-hmm. might notice that the, that the metal chopsticks which are favored steel yeah, um, and they're polished, very pointy as well. Steel. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they are actually uh, take a little getting used to because you have less surface area, don't you? Mm. So it's um, they're really so hard to use. Uh, they're, they're very delicate. They take mm. precision to to pick up the smaller pieces of food. I believe that's the that's the reason they are pointed at the end, not like a Hong Kong chopsticks, which are just like yeah. Um, in the Dai Pai Dongs, you can just pick up anything and everything almost. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. The the end of them are are quite quite a lot wider in the uh, classic uh, uh, plastic ones that are used, yeah. uh, white or ivory plastic. And um, yeah, it's I, I remember actually in my first years in Hong Kong, which were in uh, well, but I've been here for a few years. I was working on a magazine, and we got taken to a very fancy. Chinese restaurant in Central, mm-hmm. and um, I, and I had a mishap with chopsticks, but I but I might <laughs> not go into too much detail because I can I'm keeping one eye on the clock here, Billy. It's fine. It's, uh, so what are you going to? Yeah, okay, can uh, you say that the name of those two podcasts, please? So yes, it's Gastropods. That's from the USA, yeah. and um, look, you can also look out for the Food Program. Pretty easy to remember the that food one. Program and and Gastropod. Okay, thanks a lot, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll be Worth back with Nori Mia next week. So have a great Tuesday. Thanks very much. You too. Good thanks for those to you, Billy. recommendations.